Welcome to uh, the third in a series of pub conversations organised by Self Service and supported by uh, Arts Council, Creative Alliance, and UCU Birmingham. Um, Self Service are a group of artists who are based in the Midlands and are interested in developing artist led projects and culture in Birmingham. Um, tonight we're pleased to welcome um, James Hyde and Gavin Wade. Um, James Hyde is an acclaimed Brooklyn based artist. Um, who's shown work across America and Europe and is currently shown work in the David Risley uh, Gallery in London. And I think that runs till the 7th of January, is it? Yeah, something like that. Um, I've invited James to speak um, because of the diversity of his work in relation to use of materials, surface, scale and placement as well, um, and its relationship to painting. Um, his work has had a massive impact on my own practice in relation to painting and the unravelling of what it actually means to be a painter. Um, James's guest is Gavin Wade, who many of you probably already know. And Gavin is a Midlands-based artist-curator and is currently a research fellow curating at UCU Birmingham. Um, James and Gavin have brought along a number of uh, leaflets from one of James's shows, in, which was in Philadelphia, is yep. it? Yep. Um, and I'll now hand over to them for the conversation, which will probably last about an hour, and then we'll have a break after about an hour's time. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. This is a weird pub all of a, all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> but you, have to, you have to give the uh, Arts Council credit. Uh, I don't think in America the Arts Council would... Uh, Lend some money to uh, uh, a project in a bar. So uh. <laughs> that's good. Good. Uh, good English culture at work. Right. Um, if it seemed like when we were talking about what, how we would even start Launch. a conversation, yeah, we are, it sort of went back to almost when we when we met and how we met and why, I suppose, and that that as a. I guess one of the things is, is it's uh, I didn't sort of pull Gavin out of a hat. Mm. It's uh, uh, I've known Gavin for ten years. I think ten years, mm. and uh, <clears throat> it was also it was really nice for me to get a call from John about turning up in uh, in Old Birmingham because my my first experience in the UK was when I was eighteen uh, working. Uh, a dig in Reddish, uh, excavating Bordesley Abbey. So, yeah, I mean, it's almost, it's almost sort of like a genus uh, Loki. Uh, and we were going to, I was going to drive you out there today, but you had you had too much to drink last night. No, and I, got in I, too I, late I, and didn't <laughs> arrive in Birmingham. Yes, but I was quite. Now I'm, now I'm on to dog so, fur. Uh, you see, that was our plan. We'd go down to the church, and Jim would tell me all about the wonders of of the country that I live in and should know all these interesting things and he knows more about it than me and then that would become the centre of the whole talk and we wouldn't have to think of anything else so. but uh, we didn't do that so yeah, no but it's, it's not yeah, yeah. And, and let me tell you three yeah what was it it was like two months of a uh, callow 18 year old with his hormones raging and there, so there wasn't that much that I can tell you uh, <laughs> Not, not that, that uh, all, all of you don't know already. Yeah. 
Well, you've spread your seed around the Midlands. Is that what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> all I can say is I wish. <laughs> you might have some surprise guests here tonight. <laughs> you, <or> that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a reunion. <laughs> yes. No, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, it's good. Nobody looks that much like me. Well, there's no link there. the proper place to start talking about art. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, that could only be that I, I thought when John, when I heard that someone had chosen out of anyone in the world to kind of invite, to come and do the pub talk, I thought... That John must be a fan of some, you know, of some kind, and immediately you start trying to work out. Oh, I thought, why? How has he come across the work? Maybe it was because that Jim had come to Birmingham and been in the, in the midst of things exhibition in '99, or which we are, we have the two curators here, of, Nigel as well, over here, <laughs> of in the midst of things in Bourneville. Or I thought I'd given one of the catalogues to uh, Ted Allen, an uh, artist who. Was taught me when I was on foundation at Bourneville, and I th- always thought he would really like Jim's work. When I was teaching back there, I gave him a copy of the catalogue, and I wondered if that was the route. But then there was no direct routes coming from Birmingham, really. We ended up it traced back to uh, uh, Jess, Jess Spaniel, who's Richard Woods's partner in in London, and she was teaching on the UCE illustration course, which I guess you must have been on the BA for that or something. Well, she was just a colleague of mine. She kind of—I had a conversation with her one day about kind of painting, and she kind of uh, passed James's catalogue to me. Oh, I'd imagine that you were a student, and she was like this really generous tutor who gave the book to the students, <laughs> and was like, <laughs> "Okay, well, that's cool." Yeah. yeah. But that brought me back to just thinking about well, why well, I'm why I'm here now in the UK yeah. is. Uh, uh, doing a show at uh, David Risley's. And the show was, uh, was going to be it's going to be a solo show, but then I thought, you know, that's, all, that's, a, that's sort of a lot of work. And I'm, I'm just sort of kind of more interested... And the production of a solo show is a work. I mean, you, it's like a statement. You're, and you're pushing your, uh, your artistic agenda forward. And I... Uh, Nope. Now I just I, I thought it would it would be more fun to just present some work and uh, let that work relate to uh, a couple friends that uh, I've known for ages. And uh, one of them is Richard Woods, who uh, has uh, three children with uh, Jessica Spaniel. So it's the the. Uh, the loop is, uh, yeah, it's not so much a loop as this type of sort of stitching. Yeah, yeah but it's more, it's, I just thought that, uh, that maybe John had a similar kind of reaching out that I had you know, ten, 10 years ago in a way. I didn't, there wasn't any connection to your work except that I just saw it in a gallery in Deptford where I was living in Hale's Gallery. And, uh, and at the time I was, I, was look, I was imagining that I was going to curate an exhibition it was going to be my first exhibition, and I was and I was looking for work and imagining what the exhibition would be like. And I was looking for artists that had um, that looked like builders and constructors, and were were using painting 
in a very physical way, using it for other things somehow. And I, when I saw one of your glass boxes, it was that was it was as if that was this sort of message to me. It was I saw, I saw the work and thought, oh, that's what the exhibition should be. This is kind of perfect for that. That it would be about building and using principles in other ways to put forward ideas that I didn't really know what they were. So and I, and I thought I needed to, to speak to you. And I thought you must... I, I didn't really know much about the gallery. I just thought that maybe local artists showed in the gallery. And so I went in to speak to Paul Hedge and to get your phone number or to ask him if I could get your phone number to call you up. And then he gave me the New York number. And also Paul said to me, well, if you like Jim's work, you, you'll probably like Richard Woods's work as well. You should have a look at that. And I thought, I'll take your advice on that. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty naive on this matter. I'll, I'll go and speak to that person and see what happens as well. And I said, Where, where's Richard? And he said, well, actually, he's, he's, with, uh, he's with Jim in, 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 in New, New York. York so. <laughs> <laughs> so I rang Jim up. And uh, I don't know. And you, and you were just like, oh, instantly really nice and accommodating and sort of open and interested that maybe that someone very far away had sort of seen one thing and wanted to wanted to know more about you I suppose and then it maybe it's maybe it sounded good as well that I said oh is Richard Woods there as well and I want to speak That's to right, him yeah, and he's your mate and yeah, nice. it, yeah it, it didn't make it made you sound a little less dodgy uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any other credentials <laughs> but uh but yeah so it's um yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's I think that's actually something that's like, yeah, it's like really sort of important to have uh, like uh, a network of people you get along with, and um, yeah, yeah but, and but you have like this. I I didn't know what you would you know what an artist would do if you asked them to come and be in an exhibition, and then I, I didn't really know at all. Then if you were in New York, and I didn't have. A budget really for an exhibition or whatever and I just spoke to you on on basis that I was interested in your work and you kind of I think in some ways doing that project sort of gave me quite a lot of faith in in artists uh believing in each other and wanting to work together and try things out because then you were really positive about it and I think probably you just thought London was really cool and liked coming over and drinking yeah, and hanging out with I people so it was a really good excuse but also you're like yeah that's cool I'll get on you know maybe when's the show I'll fly over and uh, and then we chatted again you said oh yeah I'll come and I'll just make new work I'll just because I've made work in Richard's you'd been you'd made work in Richard's yeah. studio I think before yeah, yeah. and so you sort of knew that the setup was there and that you would do it and no, and to me I was like wow how, this is how does does this happen you know so you kind of, well, kind of learning. John, John asked me if I like to travel. <laughs> <laughs> You're a traveler. Oh, yeah. here's, here's an excuse. Uh, so no, it's yeah, no, it's, it's it's good. Yeah, good piece of information. Go someplace else. Look around. Yeah. Root, root around and. But I think there's there's sort of things at that point if you have that experience straight away that kind of sets you up in a way. It's, it sets sets you up to to really want to want to push and work with other artists find other people that you can share experiences with and uh, and 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 you didn't really know what a network was at that point but from there you know you can I can map out connections the view of us getting on and you mm. saying to five other people across America oh you know you want oh, you want to do a new show speak to Gavin Wade and get him over and somehow you backing that up means I 
I get to do a lot of travelling as well. So you're kind of promoting travelling to to other people. Yeah, no, we, we, sort, we sort of sort of moved, moved you from uh, from uh, from Deptford to Philadelphia to San Francisco and uh, yeah. yeah, to all sorts of places. Yeah. And now and now, yeah, Gavin's just sort of spinning around the world. It's China. It's uh, yeah. That's just last week I was in. Um, I've forgotten what it's called. So familiar. <laughs> Barrow, Barrow and Finesse. And I. Uh, See, that's that is that's really fast travel. Where was that? Uh, well, it was a bit like that because I, I was a bit. I didn't didn't really actually know where Barrow was either. So that's kind of quite quite pathetic. So shows how travelled I am. So I'd never been to the to the north west of England before. <laughs> But I've been to San Francisco. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I one of the things sort of was, was really interesting about this uh, proposal of talking uh, was, was what I usually do is like throw up slides and talk very uh, start up very generally with like some basic ideas about my work. And uh, everyone looks a little bit like glazed over, and then I start showing individual pieces, and then sort of all kind of makes sense. <laughs> so I'm in this in this situation, I'm not doing that. So uh, I, I, I I'm sort of trying to figure out a sort of f- way to o- open up into talking well, about if, if that's what if that's because if that's what uh, interests, and I think that probably does because. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I thought Gavin, Gavin is, is is a lovely man, and uh, yes, and I, I'm a bit furrier, but I'm, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm, we're, yes, we're, yeah, sort of like, uh, yeah, we think we should well, talk I, about. Well, uh, I didn't know whether talk about gear, or, whether you can talk about when I when I was thinking of, of the things that we could talk about that weren't directly, that weren't directly within the artworks or on the surface of the artworks, but that could. That must somehow be there in in the work with things like with things like the, the fact that I knew that you were interested in church architecture was motorbikes and the fact that you're quite a sporty guy in that way anyway and and the and then the, almost the relationship to from abstract painting to a kind of action life that I've always thought you kind of like this you have this action figure that you somehow are playing out the notion of being an abstract painter as well and kind of doing doing certain dangerous things and well, Gavin, you know. I, 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 well, I have two boys and neither of them are into like action figures so, so I don't know if, what that means but no just like sport like the yeah. idea of, of sports of, mm-hmm. of sailing of, yeah. of canoeing of windsurfing or all these you know so like any, any I don't know lots of things well, that yeah, yeah. I can't do you can't you kind of do all these other and, and the motorbike thing there is that kind of thrill thing or something no, there a kind of power um, but, yeah but I, you know and it, the, Design yeah. element of that somehow as well. The fact that you used to take a lot of photographs of car hubcaps and details of cars and graphics of vehicles, that there is a link back into the work. And if you look at like something like this vinyl piece here, I think this has got. But when I look at them, I see motorbike outfits and accessories for um, you know for, for customised um, vehicles and 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 I think there's a lot. Of, you know the way that all those things get into your work. When when you when I know you, then I think there must be these ways. And then the fact that you 
really love to throw parties and that you see, you know, sort of, so you all get lots of emails about parties that I wish I could come to as well around at your house and I know that you, that you do that really well and you really, um, that you give a lot to people in that way, yeah. you know, well, you like, the, like to cook a good food for people. Yeah. And the, the, the last party that we did was a uh, fundraiser for the, uh, uh, for uh, Democrats in Congress and we kicked ass, it was good. <laughs> Yeah. Particularly, particularly after the the one that we did before, for the presidential election was was a bit bit miserable. But that was that was like such a good. I mean, it was it was such a good thing because it uh, it's like tenacity is, is like really important. If you you know, I mean, sometimes you you, know, you do something and you think everything's right and it just doesn't quite happen. You just have to wait a while. You know, next time, do it again. But you you raise quite a lot of money at those things as well. Yeah. It's quite an alien thing to me. I don't re I don't. Know. I guess it must happen well, here as well. But I'm just not part of it or something. I don't really know how. Is it is it from Liz sheer, as well? From your wife? No, from Liz, or it's just coming yeah, from you to push I mean, those things? I mean, we're interested in politics, but it's sort of sheer desperation. And uh, yeah, America is is much more capitalist than. Uh, uh, than Britain is, so you do what you have to do. Uh, you know, every, every landscape has its own slope. So that this uh, in America, follow the money, and that's and if you can actually make your own path, it's, that's that's empowering. And and then it, is it disconnected from the art world those things that go on or is it art world no, people that you're bringing in for it anyway people. it's art world people it's uh, locals I, I, I live in an, an Italian neighborhood sort of a sort of like old uh, Scorsese land it's you know, beautiful it's like, uh, when, we, when we moved in uh, the block had like three different mayors one for one end one for the middle one for the other end and the, the middle one said this is a good neighborhood nobody bothers nobody and it's like okay <laughs> all right but uh yeah, but they're they're all like old school democrats uh longshoremen etc um they were into it but um but yeah i mean all, all of this um uh, i don't know it's like it, i mean i think that's kind of an interesting point uh i'm not it's almost like i'm sort of too close to uh, all of my pleasures to know how they <laughs> reflect in, in my work. It's you know, it's sort of like if you, uh, yeah. you know, if if you like ketchup on your chips. I mean, how does that affect your painting? Yeah, and so it's. I mean, that's sort of a tricky. You, so you that's a tricky thing. But you don't, you don't consciously put sub- subject matter and issues into your work that are, uh, you know you, that you. That are you much more interested in informal concerns, or how do you twist the notion of formal no, concerns I don't, into you something know, I, else? I mean, I, I think that's kind of I think that's like a false um, separation because I think it, it, it's I mean, there's um, denotation is kind of what you say up front, but in any conversation, what you say up front is is um, always already not entirely what's going on. At the very mm-hmm. minimum, and sometimes it's very misleading. So I, I sort of believe what the content of a, a particular work of art 
what that content is is what it does, mm. and uh, it's not what it says, and that's the that's the real content. So I think my work uh, is political in a way that it does not form a uh, sort of a, uh, like a, a Mandarin or official type of uh, power address. Um, and I'll be a little more specific. Uh, in, in New York right now, we have two very big abstract painting shows. We have a show of uh, uh, Bryce Martin and Sean Scully. And uh, the, the, that work, to me, just doesn't seem like, doesn't even seem like abstract painting. It just seems like work that just represents itself. And it can be more or less elegant, more or less accomplished. And it seems to me also fundamentally conservative. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't challenge anything. It's sort of, mm-hmm. I- if anything, it's, it's, a, it's a type of uh, formal Muzak. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, for, for better or for worse, my, what, I, what, I, what I do is more, is more jangly. And I don't know, maybe, I mean, I'm sure uh, I don't have, you know, the percentage of success uh, of, of these two other artists but uh, uh, but I enjoy the risk and I enjoy unwinding the aesthetic of other pieces that I do so I don't uh, I don't try to necessarily extend something I, I, I'm doing I'm, I'm often trying to undercut it is, is that why you started or you had a a period where you made a lot of furniture type works. You want? Did you want to show that am. more? I, yeah. I, I am. I still am. It's. It's. Uh, uh, was it because you wanted to put the, to kind of just push the notion of function and of the of the works of doing something? You wanted that a little bit more that people weren't seeing that, or was it just a yeah, natural? I mean, I, mean, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, I think uh, in a really reductive way, uh, a, a painting is a piece of furniture. And uh, <laughs> so, so I, li- I like that as as an idea, and and as in, in, in sort of more in my my uh, fantasy life, I, I like to think uh, of this. this you type. mean you mean like a dec- like in terms of decoration? Yeah, I mean pa- painting. You know, it's it's uh, it's basically it's interior decoration. It's you know it's it's it's. Uh, it is. It's decoration, which is kind of like the opposite of, of architecture. This is why architects hate decorators, and decorators totally trash architecture. So, <laughs> and in the end, I sort of come down more with the decorators. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'll sort of, I'll sort of go with Martha Stewart rather than uh, Sir Norman. But, uh, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, but I sort of like. I, I sort of like to come at things low and I mean that was part of it but also but then how do you my my sort of fanta- with my fantastical reimagining of painting abstract painting it's always interested me about abstract painting is this possibility of c- cultivating this significant this area of signification uh, the important part of uh, how the painting constructs space uh, as being in front of the surface rather than behind the surface. So uh, a painting is not a is is not a, not a window into a theater or perception or or the content, 
but uh, placing it in the room changes the way people uh, walk, the, the, how they look at things. They step forward, they step back, they look around it. And that's how I look at paintings. I'm always looking at the surface. I'm always uh, moving around uh, a painting. And that, to me, was like a really interesting piece of figuration. And this is like this is another way to construct a figure. And uh, as I started thinking about that, and, and, I mean, I thought it was like super cool way to think about it. But then I and I realized, like, damn, that's what a chair does. <laughs> so, so it sits in the room, and you kind of walk around it, and then it invites you to sit down. So it, it, there's a there's a type of figuration inherent in a chair, and that's that, that, and that's kind of how the uh, uh, the furniture got started. With, with, with you know the, the, those those double things, one thing being a, being a sort of low criticism of painting, and on the other other hand, this 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 uh, uh, almost fantastical uh, revision of traditional ideas of painterly space. Is, I was going to say, is there some? I know you're kind of interested in Renaissance painting, or and I, I was I was wondering how that how that related with the first thing you were saying about it just being in front of the surface or or just being decoration or but then actually when I started thinking about the way that Renaissance painting is integrated into church architecture or forms so that I, it kind of made sense then when you're saying that that it's, it forms volumes for people to to interact or to follow rituals you know yeah. kind of directs those rituals in some ways as well I mean is that absolutely I mean there's the I mean the difference so characteristically between uh, French painting is they, the, I mean the French starting with the academy in the 18th century. I don't know. This, is this? This is, this is yeah. This, is this like yeah? Uh, a bit boring or we're just talking to each uh, other. Really. <laughs> but uh, but no. With with but we'll, we'll uh, they sort of took the image away away from the Italians and made this like fantastic type of. Um, image-based painting, and, and you could roll up the canvases and take them anywhere, Where, whereas the Italian stuff, the, the best thing you could do, the most important thing you could do, was a fresco, mm. which was like located and embedded in mm. a place. So uh, the, the, the French uh, have sort of colored the way Italian art is looked at, and it's perceived as this kind of intellectual... Uh, activity where you, you, you walk into these uh, uh, these phantasmic spaces of perspective and uh, I think photography has actually reinforced that that notion but uh, I mean the wonderful thing about being in Italy is it's not it, it is you are steeped in, in a type of painterly space, it's just it's it's all around you, and how and, and you become very conscious of how you move. Mm -hmm. If you go to a, a, a Brunelleschi Bruno church, you're you're walking in a grid. So wherever you are, you are totally located within the whole. And that was like a that's a really specific thing about but you know, architecture. But when you made your first fresco painting. And I don't. There's, there's not. Isn't an example of one in here actually? But Jim makes these pretty big 
polystyrene-backed lumps that have fresco painting on the front of them. And did you quite... Did you go through that thought process and then go, I should make mobile fresco painting? I mean, is that a kind of... Because <laughs> I, I didn't really know... I hadn't thought about that before. Mm. And, and this, when I look at the fresco paintings, I find them really fascinating because I can't quite... There's something I can't pin down about them as well. And it, and it is that fresco element because it's like something I don't completely get. I kind of... I've, you know, when I've stayed at your house and I've, some of the rooms are fresco as well, the way that you've integrated that into the architecture there. And that's, that's made me think about what's going on with these other ones. And there's always something I can't pin down, which I kind of enjoy the fact that it doesn't, I don't completely get it. I kind of feel like there is there's a certain knowledge of painting that's outside of my knowledge that I, I'm, I'm well, not, I don't quite know where to go yeah, to get it, but it's like yeah, this. Well, I think, first of all, there, there's something about... Uh, frescoes that are they're really interesting because there's no paint in fresco it's what it is is it's a it's an emulsion surface a bit like an old-fashioned silver print it's an emulsion surface and then on top pigment and water ground and water it, it is applied with a brush so what you have is you have this surface uh, which it, which is this very 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 flat thing doing one thing, and then you have all this painting with all this sort of particularity and all this density, and you know, this sort of uh, sort of culinary riot of pigments which are coloristic, but it's it's almost like uh, so, yeah I mean it's 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 I think the the uncanny thing about those pieces is, is it's almost like a Sort of ghostly inhabitation of mm-hmm. this object, because if it, you can imagine if those pieces had had uh, impasto, it would be like all wrong. Just as it would be like all wrong if the the the, the chunks of styrofoam were marble. Yeah. Well, I think that maybe that's what I initially would find really fascinating is the this very modern material at the back and a very much older process put onto the front and they seem quite seamless in a way even though it's a facade and a volume behind you still you get you do get from it a sense of of maneuvering around quite a big object or maybe that's what i like that they they push out into space they're, they're, some of them are this fat out of the wall some of them and they are really like four feet fat. yeah you feel them pushing into you in a way yeah. which is uh, there's the sort of feely touchy thing about <laughs> abstract painting about not being able to quite say what it is that you're experiencing in the in the presence of these paintings like you don't know whether it's just a myth because you've read books that say that you should be experiencing this presence of an abstract painting and so now your mind is telling you that you are doing that or whether it's genuine and it's there's a so there's a a, a notion of encounter you kind of you know you're aware that oh, you don't know it's a fictional encounter or if everybody has that same sense when they walk up to something like that. Yeah. No, and I, you know, I, I do have to confess, I do have a romantic streak to me when it comes to uh, fresco painting. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I love it. It's got there's a the wet plaster has a particular smell to it, uh, and, and I know in this age of like Photoshop, it's very easy to forget that paint is composed of pigments and pigments have uh, 
Eight. Ah, <laughs> brilliant, John. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> nice. They, 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 they're. I mean, they don't quite have the the complexity of sensual uh, impact that you know, let's say, uh, a carrot does. But there is a, I mean, a food, food in general does. But it, it is something which is, uh, uh, even if you don't notice it, it's, it's, it's textural, it's specific. It's not, it's not just twizzling dials. It is, it, it is you're, you're actually working with this, this object. And fresco painting always reminds me of that. It's uh, you know, the specificness of, the, of what, uh, and when, what one does as a painter. No, when, when you made the first glass boxes, were you thinking in terms of... Of, of uh, earlier, we were talk- you were telling me about glass box, and it made me think that they they were like they're a rigid, they're a model of architecture in some way as well. That you could treat them as proposals, so much larger spaces. They're they're um, you know they're boxes that you paint within that gesture and movement is kind of encouraged within this space, and you can kind of drop yourself inside one of the glass boxes in a way. Imagine you're inside mo- moving around that they that they're they're a model for the for the other space for you as the viewer in a, in a gallery space there I mean was that oh, well, yeah I don't, I don't know if, I, if that's quite what I was thinking but it's I don't know. it just occurred when you were saying it earlier and I thought that yeah. it sounded like you were almost saying that maybe you weren't but no you know I think I think when you're when you're an artist what you want is you you, you mean basically you want your your cake and eat it too so it, it's it's quite good when you're able to have Several different readings or impressions of uh, uh, of a work held together simultaneously, and you find those all those like kind of interesting. And uh, the glass glass box paintings had uh, very very different receptions in different places. Uh, in New York, it was there, it was kind of thought of as a uh, uh, kind of an intellectual extension of uh, reconfiguring painting. Uh, I showed them in San Francisco, and uh, the general response was it was type of slapstick. <laughs> so so it, was, it was kind of a, a little bit of a, like a joke. Mm. And uh, when I when I show these in in London, and I don't know, I, I, the ones I have that I presented at uh, Risley's are fairly chast, so I don't know if if that'll uh, quite be the response, but usually it's like painting is dead and is in a glass coffin. It's yeah, just, but you didn't. British like, are so morbid. Somebody uh, wrote that in a review, and you didn't like it, did you? That they wrote that, or you know, it doesn't. I, I mean, I, 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 I think that's. I mean, I don't agree with that. I mean, I, you know, I don't agree. But I, but I like the, yeah. the like the, the sort of. I mean, I, I, I like the, uh, I like the fleshy part of that. <laughs> It's you know they, I, I like this. What well, the paint is? is it's the flesh. fleshy. Yeah, I mean I sort of I mean I often think of them as like petri dishes, mm. or as uh, uh, Duchamp referred to uh, glass as as something which delayed perception. Mm-hmm. So that you have this 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 something that's going on, and somehow as it passes through the glass there's a fraction of time which delays it and that 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 delay system i think you know operates in in, in these pieces uh, i mean i did it somebody pointed that that out to me and i hadn't thought about it but i thought like yeah that's that's an interesting thing so 
So, I don't know, I mean, some of them must they, don't they move for a long time as well because they're kind of yeah. I used to used to throw a lot, a lot of axle grease in them, which would uh, <laughs> make bits drop off. And uh, yeah, I get a call from collector and be like, you know, part of my painting dropped off. What do I do about it? I was like, okay, that's 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 part of its natural life. It's good. It's good. It's okay. It's doing what it's supposed to. But uh, and the one that you made for learn to paint and build that first show. When we met, you, I think there was one of Richard's painting T-shirts that was stuffed in the, that was part of the painting as well. That I thought was a bit of slapstick as well in some way. There was this kind of humour thing in that. Oh yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if pigment is like you know little, little bits of colour held in 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 a form of glue, then you can sort of grab your your pigment, you know, from whatever it is is about and. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, sort of the process of of how I make these pieces, and that's in the end, that's kind of the important thing to me. Is it is something that that, that is that is really fun. Uh, it's really engaging. It is it's this sort of gathering of stuff, mm. and, and this I mean, it's kind of this arena of desperation to make something. Yeah, and to make something that's that's like that's um, coherent. Not necessarily uh, in an idea of being coherent, but something that's that, that's coherent in the, in the face of of difficulty, and, and that's that's the thrill of doing these. Uh, well, I think the these glass pieces. the glass boxes they really have that. I think first of all, what I thought was amazing about them was was the sense that you were really playing with. Looking for the just the right moment, looking for the chance in a, in a way, kind of looking out for that thing, no, way working it, and they're, they're, those are, yeah, those are all those are real chancer. Uh, and, and this piece and on the cover, uh, this little light, uh, is that polystyrene? That is, yeah. And I remember that. I don't, I can't remember what you were trying to do with it, but I remember that somehow one of the lights had been pulled out, and there was a hole in it, and it was part of something else, and it was on the floor in the studio, and we were messing around with it in the studio trying to find what you were going to do with it and it rolled over on the floor and you was like and you suddenly saw it and went that's that yeah that's okay I don't need to do anything else to that piece <laughs> that's like that's it and then you did put it in the show just like the way that it that it ended up yeah, it's, it's sort of like you know we're, when we're up here uh, talking art it sounds like it's it's all about ideas and intention <laughs> it's all just really just fucking desperation you know it's this <laughs> It's like, what do I do? It's it's not happening. It's you know, you know, what do I represent? What's my life? It's somehow it's <laughs> you, 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 know, you you throw all of that at uh, at the object. No, but I've that moment was really important, and I kind of totally got it when you said that piece is done. And didn't you call? Isn't it called disco or something like that? Or? No, this one this one is the uh, fallen mobile. No, it was disco something. No, I ch- I've changed titles. It's, I've never titled anything. You're meant to call that I've disco done. something. I can't remember what it was. I haven't, haven't done that. But, uh, memory but is I can't a curious really, thing. Yeah, so I can't I really tell you what it was <laughs> that felt so perfect about that Maybe it was what moment, we were listening to uh, on, on the stereo. <laughs> yeah, Jim's got pretty big subwoofer um, setup in the studio it's quite nice <laughs> you should definitely pop in and party party in the studio <laughs> um, I've forgotten where I was going with that 
Ah, uh, well, yeah. The, yeah. But I don't know. The, the, one of the things, um, I mean, one of the reasons my, my work is so diverse is I don't really have set habits of working. There, there, oh, yeah. There's oh, yeah. a, I mean, there, there's a variety of, um, of ways that I make paintings. Like, the, I mean, the glass boxes are kind of this uh, uh, arena of, of grappling with making a painting. Uh, and that's a bit like what, it, what it's like making a fresco. I mean, it's a limited time, six hours, to make the painting with a fresco. So those are a bit like that. But then there's uh, uh, pieces like uh, Fallen Mobile, which is... It, I mean, there's. Th- I mean, there's a bit of an intellectual c- conceit. Um, mm-hmm. There was. Uh, I mean, there, there, there used to be this dialogue that painting is dead. It's a. It, it's a exhausted uh, medium, and I certainly didn't think that was true about painting. But I tried to think about what uh, what genres could be fairly considered exhausted, <laughs> and. Uh, Mobiles. I mean, Calder like invented the damn thing, did them so beautifully, and I, I mean, I still, I mean, really appreciate those. Uh, and they're really light, and they're really smart, but they don't never look like smart. They always look, look, look a little bit like dumb and fun, which is, the, I mean, I think a testimony to uh, Calder's uh, ability. But I mean, what is a mobile after Calder? I mean, it's it's, it's uh, museum kitsch or it's stuff for kids yeah, and, I, I, uh, actually, and so the mobile was was was, uh, was kind of a, this idea of, of working with a with a ruined uh, genre and I, I like it like that don't you think maybe when he came up with the mobiles he actually thought it, it was like making paintings come alive a little bit as well maybe or maybe he was thinking <laughs> like doing a, like a low tech uh, video uh, yeah <laughs> Or a film. Uh, I don't know. What was Calder doing before he did mo- mobiles? Just just bigger sculptures. Well, no, he he did that. Uh, if, if you go if you go to the Whitney, there's that film of the circus that he did. Really? And uh, yeah, he made this uh, circus in in uh, the early part of the 20th century in Paris with lions and uh, tightrope walkers, and it was it was really a big hit. He sort of, he was he was like a like this American guy. Who is sort of seen as, you know, somewhat exotic, but he came up with the circus and Picasso and Brock and Matisse all sort of came through because it was like it was like this great show. And from there, he uh, uh, honed his uh, aesthetic, which he was actually trained as a, as a mathematician, and did these mobiles. And he it was it was uh, Duchamp who came up with the the name. Uh-huh. Nice name. Yeah. No, oh, it is. It is it's it's really cool, yeah. And, and, uh, fall, yeah. and so Fallen Mobile is... Uh, uh, yeah, it's much better than Disco or something. I, thank it's pretty you. cool. <laughs> well done. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and are there any other, like, very particular examples like well, that? Well, the, the furniture is really a very entirely different mode of uh, making work. I mean, and I, I still... Uh, I mean, I come up with... Variations uh, on the furniture, um, and yeah, I mean, I recently I did a show at uh, the San Diego Museum of Art, and uh, it's called uh, "Relaxed Seating and Luminous Platforms," and I use the furniture to 
make uh, this exhibition, sort of make put put this sort of low uh, uh, baseline of painterliness, and, and at the same time give this level of domestication to the to the museum. But um, but yeah, I mean it's with that I uh, I designed uh, a shelving unit, which sort of forms the sign of a glowing equal equal sign and the idea was was with the furniture was to use the uh, these tables and shelves as a way of um, supporting reading material about the contemporary art and the exhibition so the the furniture became a support uh, for uh, information about the art on the walls so that was that was a, a, using the furniture in a different way and that was a really different uh, certainly like really different approach to setting up a glass box and a bunch of brushes and paint and just but when you when you're making the furniture are you led more by sort of paint painting strategies or forms or gestures of painting or or it's just it's equally balanced with your interest in design or what you consider good design or bad design or very particular I, genres of I don't know you know it's uh, yeah it, it's you know balance for me is something <laughs> which is 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 always achieved and temporary so mm-hmm. I mean there's like nothing that is balanced in a large way and so it's uh, but I no I don't it's it, it's making the furniture is very very different than making a painting but what I like about doing the furniture is I like the way it is different and it, 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 it's a, uh, like one model kind of um, has this complex relationship with the other so um, that the furniture is, is made by uh, local craftsmen and I just give them the, the information mm-hmm. I, it is very different than, than making a painting where my individual every every sort of like I try to throw every fiber of my individual sensibility at it. Mm-hmm. It's just so different, and 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 I both I like both of them, and, well, well, I, and the, maybe it's maybe it's that, that I like the contradiction, or maybe I think it's not the, not a contradiction. I'm not even that yeah. sure which, but I but I enjoy but would both. The, would the cushions and handles be a sort of more balanced point then, because you're you're directly painting on a type of furniture? Yeah. So but again, Gavin, that's like a but that's a different model because the uh, uh, with the pillows, those often take uh, six, seven months, not not a day. Right. So that's something that is just hmm. this kind of slow accretion uh, of paint and thought, but, rather than the, the than this. Uh, uh, but is that because you're re- and, you're referencing? I mean, because I, when I look at the cushions, I actually think. More, I, I suppose I just think there are references to Pollock and, ref, and actually references to Monet. And it's that there's a type, a type of, pro, of painting, the aesthetic, the way that it's built up. And I never, I didn't actually know how long they took. I didn't know they took longer than other works. But uh-huh. there is a, I can sort of see that. Maybe that is that. But then Pollocks are meant to be quite quick, aren't they? So, quite, but, yeah. But that's. Um, but they, and in terms of the way that they're, the, the, they're composed in a way, they haven't. They tend to have. An all overness mm-hmm. instead of a lot of the other structures have, and compositions have quite 
dynamic and organised parts which are focused on. Or I, mean, I think even the vinyl ones, they've they're complete blobs that do all this stuff, but somehow they, they've got specific different parts that mm-hmm. do that do visual have visual roles in the way that you look at it. Whereas the the cushions, they are one. Yeah, and I think part of that is the is actually the time element it takes to make them, and you know it is the the sort of building up uh, over time. What about when you scaled them up to be rooms? To the, uh, there's a in that one was, of the catalogues. Yeah, a, in the in the great you walk catalog. into the cushion. I mean, and that you, was kind. Of, that was kind of like uh, I mean, you you wrote uh, a press release for me. Uh, that was. So the big that was a really big cushion, and but you uh, couldn't go inside that one. Could but you? you you said something like, "Well, <clears throat> me, it's big enough to go inside," and then I thought, "Like, <laughs> damn, <laughs> I can do that." <laughs> yeah, uh, so, and you did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't but, know that, but yeah. <laughs> but then I just wondered about those. I think I don't. I'm not sure if I actually went. I don't think in you've been one, I don't think I've been in, I've just imagined that I've been inside one because I've looked at images and talked to you about them before. But do you are they I've are they something one, you want? Yeah, I've I've, I, I've really done one. I did uh, a very small one that was a uh, prototype, but it's not it's not so well realized. The bit the big but the big ones is well, how was that? Because uh, the scale of it and the, and the fact that it is a room is it something you want to push more or did you think? You sort of went out of scale, or it didn't work, or what is it? No, it was, it was, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You don't. Uh, I mean, I, I remember painting this thing and uh, thinking uh, it was for a sh- for a show in um, in France, and my gallery there advised me against it. They, they said, like the critics in France, they, they will not understand this. And uh, this thing is uh, thirty by forty feet, and uh, yeah, and how high 16, is it? Yeah, six, about about fifteen, sixteen feet high, depending <laughs> on the air compression uh, in, in the pillow itself. And I'm painting this thing, and it's it's like I mean, it's a, it's a it's a a lot of time, a lot a lot, a lot of material expense. And I'm thinking, why am I doing this? There's not. <laughs> A chance. I am. I, I am. I'm going. I'm going to sell the damn thing. But it was. But uh, I mean, it was like it was. It, I don't know. Kind of. I thought most, you sold most, it. Though. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, uh, now I, I, I was just. I, I'm. Yeah. I was just as surprised as anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and if they got it, whoever bought it's it, not, they got it set up. Or? Not yet. It's. Uh, they'll be. Yeah, this is in uh, Pennsylvania. They'll be constructing a museum, and it'll be part of. Uh, Liam Page bought that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was. I think it was like something that I. Uh, it was kind of a. It was. It was two things. If you look at the the furniture, what the furniture does is it, it presents this kind of totalizing. Uh, space of painting where you, you're actually walking within the painterly space mm. and, I, and I think I mean, you can actually kind of see that in the photographs of it it's, there's the sheet metal reflect, reflecting there's the glowing plexiglass the, the <coughs> colored plexiglass paints the reflective metal on the walls and you're kind of in this 
and being in the painting. Is it, and is that's it always been like a fan, it's kind of a fantasy of mine. Is you know, it's like the, the Italian thing. I mean, I've always wanted to paint a dome. Yeah, you know, it's like Correggio, uh, uh, Tiepolo. I mean, these are these are you know, I mean, these these are these are folks I take like kind of seriously. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's I quite happily do that again. But Maybe. but when you're inside yeah. it, is it this? It, it, with I, I imagined it, there was this, the sound of the air going in, and it feels it quite. Because it goes, what happens is it has a limit switch on it, and it blows up. Okay. And as you go through it, and as the air leaks out, which it does, because we want air circulation, because we don't want to suffocate uh, <laughs> our, our viewers. Um, it uh, drops down, and then more air is blown in. So the thing is always. Oh, nice. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. I, I kind of worked out what I thought it was like. Uh, yeah, it was like, I don't know, kind of like Michelangelo meets uh, uh, Martha Stewart meets uh, Jonas Whale. Two thousand and one Space Odyssey, I think. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to get even bigger then. You're going to go for an airport lounge one. I could. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, I, I sort of do what's. What's like in front of me, and uh, yeah, and, and that's that's not 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 quite in front of me. But I, what I wanted to ask you earlier, you said that you've been doing intensive sort of studio work recently, and that, that you've been really in, enjoying that. Or I wondered what the switch was from from the idea of taking something big and making it a room, or making work to drop into very specific sites to just yeah. making work in well, the studio. Yeah, what I mean, that's, that's just sort of a general comment. Uh, I mean, you mentioned that. Uh, I windsurf and I, I ride a very fast motorcycle, but sort of like the most thrilling thing is just for me, just being in the studio and really coming up with something which is exciting. And uh, I know mm. it's like, I mean, in, in a way, like those things are, I mean, either they're practical or they kind of remind me of that. It's sort of like, you know, mm -hmm. sort, of, sort of like, yeah, this is fun, but, you know, there's something which is, which is, which is, is, is more intense. But you know, I, I think we've probably done our hour here. I mean, maybe we should open up the. Uh, mm. Should we kind of take a break? Yeah, I think there's break. people got no, people got to be thirsty no, by no, now. No, no. <laughs> All right, that was fun. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to start the second half now. So. Uh, we're going to throw it out to the, uh, the top audience. So if anyone's got any questions, please go ahead. Anybody? Or conversation starters. Yeah, conversation starters. Maybe talk about your background in construction mm. and your interest in architecture. Got to be something there soon, right? Yeah. I've, I've done construction as well. Yeah. Well. <laughs> not not as good as him. You know. <laughs> I'm just no, a yeah, I mean, yeah, I have to say, if, if anyone wants to see like a really fine kitchen, uh, <laughs> what's what's your address, Gavin? Uh, beautiful, something, beautiful, beautiful. Something road somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm quite proud of my kitchen at the moment. Um, well, no, I, I mean, <laughs> now that we come, I, I, I should have brought yeah, a picture of it. Really. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> I'll throw a party. Okay, next one. <laughs> Kitchen talks. That's the next thing I think. 
Yeah. Okay. Count me in for one. One. This what? <laughs> but I don't know much about your construction work either, actually. Apart from just the house, or knowing that you you know how to get stuff done, or yeah, well, the right uh, person to bring in, or well, that's kind of what I did instead of going to art school. Is uh, I uh, I was in a liberal arts school uh, up uh, in uh, Rochester, New York, which is basically the American version of Birmingham. Uh, it's like flat farm country, uh, and uh, but uh, yeah, I sort of got in a fight with my. Uh, one of my art teachers and he said look you have to decide whether you're an artist or a student and if you're an artist you should you, you shouldn't be here which was really a mean thing to say because it's like <laughs> and, 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 you know I was well it is because it's like and I think it was like 17th time and you know that's because uh, it's like Either, you know, you are who you feel you are, or and you're go going to follow up on that, or shut up and listen to me. And so it was like, okay, you know, it's like, okay, motherfucker, I'm out of here. So I finished up my my year there, and moved to New York, basically with the thought that uh, I was going to um, uh, go to school someplace else. And within, um, it took me like three weeks to find a job. I was working in a factory uh, doing chrome plating. And it wasn't, wasn't covering my bar tab. <laughs> so I had to figure something else out. And it was, uh, I mean, you can always like paint houses. And I, I hadn't really, uh, I'd never done any construction work before, but... Uh, I'd done a little bit of house painting, so I started house painting. I learned a bit of plastering. I learned a bit of carpentry. Did a little bit of electrical. Did a lot of plumbing, and then became uh, a GC. But uh, a what? General contractor. I'm sorry. That's uh, that's Amer that's American. That's American slang. Um, but yeah, that was. But what what that was was what was kind of my uh, art education, and that and um, when my year was up, I started looking at different schools, and I'd go around and interview with uh, different colleges, and all the art professors would sort of pull me aside after the interview and go, "Tell me." What's going on in New York? What what are they showing? So after, after having this happen like four times, it uh, dawned on me that maybe like just staying in New York was was a good education. <laughs> so uh, I did that, and uh, yeah, I mean the the building work uh, uh, financed my art. Also, as 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 you've noticed, uh, uh, I'm an abstract painter and. About the time uh, that I would have been showing was when all of the uh, uh, expressionist figuration sort of swept New York. So I was entirely 
excluded from the art world. And, and as well, I didn't have friends who were artists because I didn't go to school. And that was, that was a bit of a problem. My, my girlfriend was quite a bit older, so I was sort of hanging out with an, with an older generation. But I didn't know anyone my own age. I didn't have, like, this type of network that you've seen here with, like, Gavin and uh, uh, Richard and the sort of mo moving, moving around. And that was, uh, I mean, it took me, I was, I was uh, almost 30 before I had friends who were artists who were my own generation. And about that time, I was able to quit construction, <laughs> which is good. But it still filters into your work, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, I, I sort of think, like, you do uh, traditional painting with a, with a chop saw and, and uh, a spackling knife. That's, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because that's my, uh, yeah, that's, that, was, that was how I learned, learned my stuff. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say how that feeds into your work, or because I I worked on on building sites after after finishing my degree and did a little bit of teaching, and then re realised that I couldn't. I wasn't earning enough from one day teaching a week, and did did some office work. Yeah, I did office work first, working at Shell, Shell UK in the fraud, smart card fraud squad of Shell UK, which was great for me. Because <laughs> what I want to know, Gavin, is how that influenced your work. <laughs> and influenced my work. Well, I've, I've just been asked to write something about um, um, Ken Sarawiwa, who was killed in Nigeria and supposedly, well, pretty much likely, that Shell, the people from Shell UK sort of ordered his death in a way through via, via the government and the year that he was killed I was working at Shell and I said that to the people and they, after they asked me to write something about it, about the project so that it's sort of weird things like that come back into it I don't really know how that's going to affect what what I do I don't, I don't feel responsible you know in any way I did work for the man it was great fun the man had a brilliant stationery cupboard <laughs> and excellent photocopiers and mailing and the, all the shows that I first doing out of college, everything was financed by Shell UK, so it was quite handy in that way. And really, and now they actually to pay you to to do it. <laughs> to do yeah, it's the enemies of Shell UK <laughs> paying me to do something. But after that, then I thought that I don't know. It didn't. I'm not sure how that fed in, but the build, building work felt more interesting after doing the office work. I sort of just I don't quite remember how it happened. I just I. Of maybe someone that I met in the offices actually in Shell he was doing some building work and I thought that sounded more fun and, the, and it sounded like there actually, actually were some interesting buildings and places they were working in just like posh people's houses and stuff really around London it sounded quite nice to get in on and then so by luck really the foreman of that site liked artists coming to work on site he thought that they were ingenious or he just liked them to chat with in the day as well so you could kind of get a bit get away with a bit of skiving while you're on the job there as well and then he, and then that architect uh, the architect who run ran the group the group mike rundell he does all of white cubes architecture now and i worked on the pharmacy just by chance that managed to i did the rip out of the pharmacy in the first fit going in and was and I think at that, that time I'd, start, I'd started doing, doing some shows and it was sort of a weird feeling of working 
as a lackey in Damien Hirst's empire while I was trying to build up my own reputation in the art world and do serious shows and stuff, and then it felt kind of odd. But there was other artists working with me as well, and then it, it did feel like a weird camaraderie of some kind in that, in that space. But, I, but really, I learned more just about how, how to feel confident in making things happen quite efficiently or, or crudely in some ways as well, how to kind of believe in or see actually how crude buildings are as well. I think I, was in, I looked into dropping out of completing the painting course that I was doing, the BA course, and switching to architecture, but I didn't really know why. I was just sort of curious about architecture and thought that the things that I was doing weren't so much about painting anymore and were about fitting things into architecture. So I thought I wanted to learn more about architecture, but it seemed like too much hassle at the time and I kind of couldn't quite completely justify it and ended up not going there. And then much later on, st- I think I'm still kind of curious about it and don't completely know yeah. why. Well, are, there any, are there any architects in the audience here? No, good. Why because not? the... No, because, <laughs> because it's... Yeah, architecture is, is a no, noble profession, but it is, it's like the worst job because... If you're an architect, basically you've got your clients like uh, um, yes, yeah, basically raining feces down upon you, and then you've got the contractor who is just like like, like smacking you up from below, and you're like stuck in the middle, and it's a yeah. I mean, it's it's much better. I mean, I realize very quickly working in construction it's much better not to be the architect <laughs> if something goes yeah. wrong they're yeah. the ones who are going to get blamed yeah. they're, they're the fall guy yeah. yeah but the architect on the sites I was working on was always the absolute biggest dickhead and everyone hated and took the piss out of and he couldn't do anything about it and you could see that he felt like a dickhead walking around on these sites in a way and he would just he would get the blame for everything, yeah. and he wasn't he just wasn't that good either. But I mean, mate, he's got better now, I think, maybe. <laughs> but I, but I still I don't. Hope he's not bigger than you, Gav. Big? <laughs> no, he's not. But some of the people who work for him are. <laughs> but he, but then later I've I've wanted to work with an architect as well, so I've I sort of sought out an architect to collaborate with on a project, and still trying to make sense of that as well, in a way. You know what, and I kind of still feel like I'd really like to make a building, and wanted I wanted to make, work on making my own house as well. That seems quite a interesting proposition, something that for felt passionate about for a while until I actually couldn't quite make it. I, happen I'll tell you, if, if, if yeah, any of you need your kitchens done, <laughs> call this man. He's he, yeah. like he's total. Talent uh, with kitchens, uh, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Architecture is sort of fascinating. Other thing that seems quite the thing. The architecture itself is such a powerful thing that you're coming across and being manipulated by all the time. So it's then weird that you see most architects are quite futile beasts within that. There's only certain people who must who are, in a way seem more like artists. The people who get carte blanche on what they you know the big power on architects. Yeah, but you know, it's is it? I don't know. But I, mean, even I, I always, I always sort of, so. I, I always sort of wonder uh, if it's if it's architecture or or if it's just big. Possibly, 
you know, it's just like the biggest yeah. thing out there. And, yeah. and to be able to like do something yeah. that big is, yeah. is uh, I don't know. I mean, I think doing things that are small are uh, like really important. I mean, wh- one of the things that uh, uh, going back to to America after I was uh, working uh, here in Redditch on the dig, uh, we went around and saw these cathedrals. And I remember coming back to New York and looking after uh, being in Durham and Exeter and looking at these like fantastic churches, which are which are entire. I mean, it's a it's it's like something that does not exist in the U.S. at all. I mean, it's, it was entirely foreign to me, even though all the forms were familiar. But coming back and looking at the Empire State Building and realizing that in terms of scale, the Empire State Building it, it is a lot smaller than some of the parish churches here in uh, in England because everything in a church here has to be made with, by hand and by touching and by measuring and fitting. I mean, they they built the Empire State Building, what, like, I mean, it's like nine months, something <laughs> like that, and just like... So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, big is one thing, scale is another. Mm. Well, I'm I'm really interested in other artists who are interested in architecture as well because I sort of can look you look through their eyes at trying to examine something and they 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 kind of open up your way of understanding things. So there could be like an example that just popped into my head then was Nathan Coley's work, who I've I've worked with a few times and gone back to when I've also found myself in interesting architectural situations and I've brought him in, invited him in as the artist to respond to them somehow. And he, one of his projects he's talking about, he's referring to Ruskin and Ruskin's understanding of architecture. And he says that architecture is only architecture when a sacrifice has been made in the building. And he uses churches as the example of that. And he says, unless sacrifice has been made for a building, then it is merely building. And when sacrifice is involved, then it becomes architecture, which is art. And so that there's a there's a really big challenge to the importance of art, and I, think, I guess that's why Nathan finds that fascinating as well. So that then reverberates with me the notion of the artist's position in relation to transformation of something that's just matter into something which is beyond matter is so vital and important and able to to deal with metaphysical um, part of the universe. As, as well, you're not just manipulating how you move around. You manip- it's manipulating your mind because of an idea of sacrifice, which is is a is a big question on yourself as what what you're meant to do as an artist, how you're meant to generate sacrifice. Or, but the you know so again it's just. But I find myself over and over drawn back to artists who. Not even not always literally who are doing it on the big scale, although I, I you know I'll admit that that. There must be something there that I'm interested in that, but people who just refer to that notion of scale as well, somehow. What about you? <laughs> well, one thing that kind of leads on, <laughs> leads on from that is the thing about you talking about showing Gavin kind of Abbey's sort of years ago, and, and early today, Gavin, you told me that you were going to take Jim to show him the um, self-use building. Yeah. 
kind of kind of wonder what that says about each of you and who got the best deal out of that. Who got the best? Who got the best deal? Who? Uh, you know, I'd rather get I'd rather go to an Abbey than Salvages, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. That goes that. I. <laughs> I don't know. I can be dragged to an Abbey, but <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't seek it out. But I would seek out the shiniest, big new. You know, but did, but did going to the going to the abbeys and finding stuff out about them teach you anything that you found useful? That maybe going to Selfridges, you, you know, Selfridges looks great. Uh, well, I, I think that for, I suppose I, I treat them in the same way. So that when I've done the when I did the project in Portsmouth Cathedral, there's actually notions of of transformation over time going on in, in Portsmouth Cathedral is, is actually why I wanted to take Jim there today because I thought, oh, wh- where else could I take Jim that since, since he was last here in 99, what's changed here? And, that, and the ball ring is such a huge area of Birmingham that has been you know, in, integral to the idea of how the council wanted to represent themselves and transform Birmingham that I, st- I still think it is an interesting symbol of that, of such a kind of high-profile attempt to deliver something. So I think, and, and I think it has, you know, from the right angle, there's massive impact on, on the way you experience Selfridges. I quite like the, when you drive around from the back of Digbeth and you come around the corner and I was saying to Jim, get ready, we're going to be there in a second. And I've been with a few, quite a few people I just think, I love this moment, I love this moment, so you must love this moment as well. Come around the corner and you go, whoa, look at that. And that's, you know, I think for me that's the problem with, with Birmingham, with Selfridge, you're saying that it, it works from, from one angle. And it works <laughs> it's flawed, yeah. And, and you break it the right way. But the fact that brought it onto the back of Selfridges is that awful kind of bog standard kind of shopping mall kind of but maybe that's the sacrifice uh, that Selfridge has had to make to bring us up. What did you think of it, John? <laughs> 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 how, 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 how it relates to the church next door as well. I mean, is that, there's a direct thing going on there. I mean, that's kind of... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is, is, is this like... Yeah, I mean, I mean, sort of the interesting thing about architecture is it's is that you, it's not possible really just to do a f- formal critique of it. I mean, you can do it, but who cares? I mean, there's the, 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 I mean, just sort of, as soon as you go there, it, it, yeah, all this other stuff comes in because, I don't know, the thing that's interesting to me about architecture is this, it's, it's this place where people move through. So you can, you can just look at, look at people and not even look at, you know, look at the building and, the, just people moving are, are, are interesting and what happens with that mm. but I don't know it was I thought people looked happy that was that was kind of that was kind of good <laughs> I mean, it's like it was like shiny and people look ha- looked happy and shiny happy I thought people that, yeah I know that's not I don't think that's yeah I don't think that's bad no really diplomatic <laughs> <laughs> But you, you were more interested in you were trying more interested in trying to work out how old the church was, and that you said if you were in America you'd be able to tell how old that church was by five or ten years. But it's a little bit trickier in England. And yeah, I don't think that the church right. is that's a very old church. No, yeah. it was 
1400. No. There's been some massive work on that thing. <laughs> there's been a lot of kind of cleaning and reconstruction, but it has. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, there's been the church there, I mean, like old maps and stuff that that church appears. But the, like the, the facade? The front front facade, the tower is is, is fourteen hundred. Oh, no, I think that's, I think the tower must be bad. Yeah, the tower must be breached at least. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, it's it's. I mean, that, the weird thing is, is the, there's a church directly across the street from where I live, no. and <laughs> it's got the same same licks. I mean, it's like you know the 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 rusticated stone, and then the. Um, the, the stone slides up at an angle and, and goes up. It's almost like the architect of this church spent time looking at, at uh, the church here in Birmingham. And but uh, I can tell you the, the like the, the the faces that are sculpted on the, the sort of the mini buttresses. Those are not. 14th century no, is absolutely. I mean, those are yeah, no. Like, those are those are totally. Yeah. Like in the last five century. years, they they completely. It used to be that church used to be kind of black, mm-hmm. and it was just through, through like mm-hmm. dirt from the the street and stuff. Does it, does anybody know the history of this church? Because now, now we're getting into like real pub talk here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, come on. I mean, you, you, we, have, we have a room full of brummies here. And <laughs> I, what I was telling him was that it's like, look, we were, it's the soup kitchen, and you know, it was kind of I, I have memories of it growing up, thinking that that was really scuzzy around that part there, <laughs> and now it's been so cleaned up and that, sort of gentrified and presented. That area originally was quite. A, that was that was where Birmingham started. <coughs> Yeah. But Birmingham is not a really old city. I mean, it's, it, it basically was was, was built to, as as a manufacturing center in the Industrial Revolution. It not was not only, yeah. It's I mean, that was what it, it was. I mean, it, I mean that was that's that was that was how it bigged up. Yeah. But the bit just over. So one of the guys who's developing the arts part for the Irish Quarter show me on the map where the first building in Birmingham was, which is just underneath one of the flea market buildings there. And they're saying they might they might want to knock that down now and make sort of you know open it up and have it as like the heritage centre of Birmingham, so that they can draw. But the real reason is so they can draw crowds, draw people to step over into the East Side. So again, it's the idea of how government would use a notion of art and culture to encourage economic growth across a certain part of the city. So, you know, it's really, really transparent watching something like that. And that's the only reason we would learn about the history of Birmingham, because it's economically viable and going to bring in more funding to a part, a part of the city that needs more funding. That's a different question, sorry, because yeah. I'm really interested in you know, the people. <laughs> 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 As you are. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to ask what when I just the thing I can remember the most from what you were talking about before is when you when you said that you liked the idea that the paint someone had said you paint the paint the paint was fleshy the idea of paint being fleshy and I just wondered what what you what you liked about it yeah I mean, I mean what's not to like about it I mean that's <laughs> that, maybe that yeah I mean that's what. Uh, yeah, well, when that's, you, that's when kind you, of what it's. I mean, that's. Is, I mean, isn't that what it's about? If 
I mean, if that wasn't there, then you'd have to like become an architect or something and, <laughs> and just be miserable. Uh, no, it's. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that. I mean, I do think that there is. I mean, I think oftentimes studio practice is framed in this uh, kind of nostalgic, romantic way, and I don't think. I mean, I don't think that's quite fair. I mean, you can you you can do it that way, and there's something. I mean, it'll, it'll make sense, but there's something immediate about it. I mean, there's something about going to. a particular place and working with stuff and making the stuff speak and touching it and thinking about it and seeing how it reflects upon itself and how you reflect upon its reflection upon itself and I mean, that, I think that's fundamentally what uh, painting is about, and it's whether and, and for me that's what painting is about. Whether I'm like using vinyl, whether I'm using glass, uh, whether it's like folded folded steel. I mean, it's just there. There is there's something that, that's, that's that's very important about that. I feel and, and urgent and contemporary. I mean, it's kind of like. And this little workshop is like, like like a metaphor for the mind. Why, with your cushions, you said they take about seven months to make them. Kind of, why do you think that is? And is, is that I don't know, kind of John. John, John, actually, I don't know why the cushions take so long to make. I wish, because basically, being fundamentally a fresco painter, I feel like a painting should take six or seven hours. Yeah, I mean, maybe some time to prep it up, think about it. But I think that, and then if it's not good, you chuck it and try again. But the, I mean, the, the cushions just need that. It's just because it's, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, and I think it's that process. Uh, 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 I mean, it's that fleshy process because certain things move at certain rates, and the only way to find out about that is is to be involved with it is to do it, to reflect on it, to think about it, and, and not prejudge it. Not, mm-hmm. not, not, uh, you know, not, you know, not limited to, to, to a conception. I mean, you know, in some ways the hand, you know, hands can be smarter than brains. But that, that for me, it seems that there must be a link with the, the flesh idea as well. I'm thinking of something like de Kooning where when I look at de Kooning, there's, it's like he's, you know, he's sort of pushing that point, I think labouring the point a little bit as well, this sort of idea of him, of the paint being the flesh and the movement, the gesture, maybe the speed is something there as well, that if you do it quick, you can capture the idea of the sort of essence of flesh that's doing it as well, which I don't find that interesting really, but there's, it seems like there must be that link that I probably... Get other things out of it, or... yeah. But you know, it, it's I, you know. I think what what happened with de Kooning. It, I mean, de Kooning did a whole series of great paintings when he he was uh, in, in, you know entirely senile, Alzheimer's senile, and those late paintings are really great. And, and people say no, it can't they they can't be great because. He didn't know what he was doing. He had Alzheimer's. It's 
and that's not true. They 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 are great, and he had Alzheimer's. So how do you how do we how do we deal with those two things? They're really interesting paintings, and and, and I can tell you, you know, if you if you take a de Kooning and put it next to uh, a Bryce Martin, you 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 will to, you you will totally recognize that. So I think what uh, I think the thing is is that there 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 is some sort of knowledge embedded in in the flesh in the hands and in the practice i mean it's it's, it's a it's a it's a circulatory thing that uh i think that makes those those paintings great and i don't know they're controversial not everybody uh would agree that those are great paintings i think i think they are and i think that there's Actually, like this kind of heroic narrative about them that he's still able he was still able to go on to make these paintings and uh, and, and be able to do this with uh, what we we refer to in the in unpleasant ways uh, unpleasant term of diminished capacity yeah but they don't feel diminished to me I mean they feel kind of you know kind of heroic. I know. I'm just trying. I think of just that. I don't think any de Kooning paintings are great, so it's quite hard to work out. I'm trying to work out how you compare them. So I was thinking, what if you can put a de Kooning next to a Frank Stella black stripe painting? How they? I'm. Much, I don't know. I'm so much more interested in Stella going. And then again, like this, than de Kooning doing. What I, I just think he's just going, doing whatever, and trying to think he has some kind of angst ridden. I just, well, I just don't you know, believe de Kooning when yeah. I look at the paintings. So. Well, <laughs> I, I believe you know, the rational pretense of Frank Stella somehow. If, if, if Frank Stella was there, <laughs> was was here today, and we asked him, uh, yeah, okay, you know, yeah. Frank, how do you feel about doing this, and how do you? Feel at your age now about what de Kooning was doing, doing this. Is it all like this? I think, um, and I could be wrong, but I think that Frank Stella would say that de Kooning, uh, de Kooning's compositions are fantastic, and that they're, they're something which is inspirational to him in his practice today. That's just because he's gone a bit senile and you know he's lost it and he's. No. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's, it's, it, it, it's. I mean, I, I sort of I sort of like like. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I like art when, when the idea gets ruined a little bit. I mean, you know, mm. I, and I think that's what you're talking about with, right. with sacrifice and, mm. I think with de Kooning, it's like, when you've lived, and you've loved, like de Kooning has. Mm. Yeah, I just can't buy it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just, yeah. I mean, it's probably more the projection of of how he's marketed as an artist or something like that. Somehow, I don't. I've read the wrong bits, or of. I don't. Know, I, I mean, that that I don't. Yeah, I don't care about. But uh, I don't know. I mean, the the woman won. The first, you know, the first of the woman, the women, and I mean, this was. No, it's the big, it's the big, it's the big one in the MoMA, and what she is is she's like a, um, 
She stands about six, seven feet tall, about four or five feet wide, and it's like she has like these darty eyes, this um, sort of feral rodent mouth with, with 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 teeth flashing, and pendulous breasts, which are not breasts. With it, it's it, it, and I standing in front of this painting, looking at this, I was like, this is really interesting. This looks like. Um, like the opening sleeves for an overcoat. And uh, de Kooning, who is generally a very prolific artist, did nothing but work on this painting for, I don't know, um, I I think it was two years, it may have been a year and a half. But that's all he did. He would go and paint on this Mm. and scrape it down and paint on this one canvas. And... uh, the, there's this fantastic thing that happens with, with with this painting, at least for me. I mean, this is my personal interpretation and reading. Uh, is the, the 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 breasts are not not a volume. They're they're this void, but they're not this sort of existential void. They're this fleshy void which invites sort of a reaching in. Hmm. So the breasts become the point of embrace, and. and uh, Woman one is a fleshy overcoat. Is it woman number one? Number one. But is there someone uh, thinking? If you think of other artists making work now who might also be playing out or testing or be interesting in terms of that notion of painting as painter's flesh, or you know, other people that you might spot and think are interesting in that in that way. Hmm. Are the... Yeah, I, I mean that's that's kind of an, I, I mean I'm uh, I confess I'm narcissistic enough to <laughs> <laughs> to not have been thinking about other 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 artists in those terms. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I mean it's, it's either that or it's just it's just sort of like uh, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of kind of an intimate thought, and one one, one likes to keep one's. Intimate thoughts in in a close circle. <laughs> no more flesh questions. It's better than us all trying to guess when the church was made. Which <laughs> 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 a bit dangerous. Should we have a, we have a vote? <laughs> I'm going to find the hand now. That's, yeah, that's, not, that's not something you vote on. That's something. That's something you research. <laughs> you just make it up. Not in Trying to encourage Birmingham City Council to lie about it. It's easy. So, do, do we have any, any more questions here or comments? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I sort of have one, but I didn't really know how to how to phrase it, but. Something that came up in one of the other talks is this notion of thinking with your hands. And I was wondering if, if you think of artists as being kind of alleviated of the direction and the kind of activism <coughs> that they used to have, and we're now kind of more free to sort of play, or whether you think that that is a direction in itself? Well, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I think there, there is a type of thinking with your hands, and I think it's wonderful, and I think... Uh, Stella's black paintings are wonderful, but he's not friggin' 
thinking with his hands. And, and you know, it's like a, like a different thing. It's, it's I mean, you, you, you can uh, think about something and, and, and do something in, in a practical, wonderful way, or you can sort of lose yourself and then have to build yourself out build your way out of it with your cuticles you know so it's, it's they're just they're just different different things and yeah i mean i think i mean i think one of the things that happen in the art world is people sort of go into camps uh, of like well you know i mean this is like the the dead brainy art and this is like the, the like you know the grunt grunty messy art and uh and I don't know. I mean, I, and I'm. I don't know. It's. I sort of. You know. I, I'm so unideological. I, I end up like do, doing. You know, several different things. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to do that, but I'm well, also I, happy to to like. Uh, you know, think about how things are are built in a very specific way, and be empathetic with that. And I think the the Stella Black paintings are are, are wonderful because there's this. Uh, really beautiful empathy with the fundamental basic action of putting a brush to a surface. Mm-hmm. I mean, de Kooning is miles away from that when, when he's painting. And, and both things are worthwhile and uh, uh, relevant. It's yeah, I would say this, that you try and you try and bring you try and find the best from both camps or both concerns, bring them together. I think probably in what a lot of projects that I do, I'm interested in setting structures and and systems, making them quite clear so that you... But to leave a space to improvise and kind of... You, sort of, you can anticipate certain things, but you... you programming you know, all these other unknown quantities and, and I think it really uh, there are certain organisational things or just expecting to improvise knowing that you're going to improvise at certain points is a little bit like this hand this kind of skill or quality of that isn't quite you can't, you can't really articulate it so clearly I just trust in it and I th- and and I also think that that's why I started to curate exhibitions because I was interested in how spaces were organised and how one thing was put next to the other and I kind of instinctively wanted to do that and believed that I could do it and sort of you know cocky about that as well in a way walk into an exhibition and just think well I could make this this whole thing work so much better than the way it already is so why don't I just try and do that with projects anyway and in, and work with other artists and so you've got there's quite a complex dialogue going on in terms of fascination about this point here, but also in relation to the, of this idea in relation to another idea in relation to the space, in relation to notion of time. And you know, I kind of yeah, think I really that like that's... that idea of there's a space as much being a timeline because it has like an exit and an entrance. So you, mm-hmm. you're almost kind of a room, it's like a sequence of events. Yeah. I mean, that, that for me, the, the project where that was most clear to me was this Portsmouth Cathedral project because when he got there, the, what, what I thought was fascinating about it was as you, as you came in from the standard entrance, you would walk back in time as you went down the cathedral and you would go back in 900 years until you got to a certain point. And what Nathan 
how Nathan responded to that was to make the next stage in the building. He, want, he wanted to make a part of the architecture. The most recent architecture was only 10 years old. It was the first bit. As you walk through the doors, you, you're only 10 years old. You walk into the next bit, you're 50 years old. Then you're like 150 years old. And then you're eventually 900 years old as you get down. And he was going to make a piece that was nomadic, portable. You could take it anywhere outside of the cathedral, somewhere else. Um, but the form was based on what God told Moses to build as the first tabernacle. So it was this ancient, pivotal meeting point between man and God, um, which is pure uh, architecture, the way that it's described in the Bible. It's architecture as imprint, as programming for people to affect society. You know, it's kind of it's, it's building as language the way that God describes it to Moses. And then Nathan wants to pick that up and take it somewhere else. And, it's, and then he, I mean, he did other things to it as well, which also is this, this hand, it's the instincts going, no, that's not enough, that is too cerebral. I'll throw in a bit of Malevich, and then I'll, what else will I do? Oh, I'm, I'm, okay, I've got a grid going on. It's a black tent. When I look at the tabernacle idea, I'm looking at goat-haired tents in the Middle East, and so I'll, and, and it starts going somewhere else. It gets a life of its own in a way. It's that realisation of when something's got a life of its own and you can stay, stay with it, you don't get lost. You kind of still feel like it's grounded. That I think so you, suddenly yes, it's really exciting. You know you're onto something. And I've kind of, I've seen, you know, see artists do that all the time. And that's as exciting to me as having that moment myself as well in some ways so you're kind of sharing in it so. okay yeah. anybody else or shall we kind of relax yeah relax <laughs> and go back to the bar and you said <laughs> you're biting your nails uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay well thanks Sorry. to um, Gavin and, and James for the kind of presentation that was fantastic mm-hmm. thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.